going on? It is the Ethos Clippers podcast coming at you Sunday evening. The regular season is over. After 82 games, Los Angeles Clippers end up as the number five seed and will take on the Phoenix Suns in the first round of the Western Conference playoffs. Brandon Marcus here at BD Marcus, joined by my co-host Matt Matawarren at Matt Matawarren on Twitter. Matt, before we get into any basketball, how are you, buddy? Sports ethos, Clipper Nation, Brandon Marcus. How the heck are you, me? I'm doing great. Clippers are in the playoffs. Fifth seed, avoided that play-in tournament. I just had a fantastic dinner with my mom and my wife. I don't think you could ask for a better Sunday. Was it a little stressful? The game, yes. The dinner, also yes. But we can get into the former in this conversation. Do you want to go into the dinner? Do you need to talk about it? Or are you sure? The Cornish Cornish game hens, garlic, uh, scallop potatoes. It all sounds delicious, and it was. But I didn't know those little birds were so hard to prepare. Or at least for me, who is a very, very novice cook. But that's that's about it. It was just it was a little more difficult because I sort of was thrown into the whole MMO likes to paint Easter eggs mm-hmm. um, and this whole the whole deal. Even even though we don't even celebrate Easter, she likes the eggs. That's mm. probably about enough of that. Okay, listen, we can move into the. That's fine. At Cornish Game Hen, you know, I've never had it. Can't say I uh, would like it. Can't say I wouldn't hate it. So would I? Maybe I like it. Perhaps who knows? Um, happy Easter to those of you who are listening to this podcast. Um, and are catching this yes. before you go to sleep on Sunday night. If you're listening to this on Monday morning, then hope you had a good Easter if you do celebrate. Um, and now we are into playoff mode. And boy, it was not easy. And you mentioned a stressful Sunday. I, I was constantly checking that T-Wolves Pelican score. And it was just an absolute nightmare. The first half, Jaden McDaniels gets hurt. He punches the wall. He breaks his hand. Rudy Gobert decides to take a punch to Kyle Anderson, and it was just a absolute mess from there. You thought, okay, there's no chance that the T-Wolves are going to win this game. And then all of a sudden, they lose Gobert, and they become a better team, and the T-Wolves end up winning. But there's nothing the Clippers could have done because it was a one-possession game by the time the Clippers game ended. And the Clippers, of course, were awful again to start and ended up getting the win. And so because the Clippers win and because the – um, T-Wolves lost, I mean, more about the T-Wolves won, it, it doesn't matter because the Clippers got the five seed. It was very simple. If the Clippers won, they secured the five seed. If the Clippers would have lost and then the T-Wolves won combined with that, the Clippers would have been the six and it would have been pretty much a dream scenario from what we had been discussing the last couple of weeks that you end up somehow getting the six seed. You face Sacramento, you avoid having to face Phoenix but you've been saying all along that you're not as terrified of Phoenix as some others. And so we're going to put that to the test. But I want to start first off with how the Clippers looked in the last two days, because it was, in my opinion, a disastrous first half in back-to-back days, a team that continues to show me that they are not ready to contend with the likes of the Nuggets or the Suns. It just, there's way too much laissez-faire, I think is how you pronounce that, just a carefree attitude, not urgency, no urgency at all. And the Clippers end up winning both games because they faced two terrible teams. But man, it was not inspiring at all um, the last couple of days. Curious to get your thoughts, Matt, on what you saw 
on Saturday against Portland and then uh, today against Phoenix. I mean, incredibly, incredibly underwhelming stuff. You know, just a, what you talked about first for today with the uh, the Pelicans and the Timberwolves mm-hmm. and the punch in the wall right before they're going to face the Lakers, actually. And, you know, LeBron James famously punched a wall and broke his hand, and that was the entire reason that he uh, lost a series years ago. But um, I, I, the Pelicans and the Warriors, who we were watching simultaneously with the Clippers today to see who was going to win positionally and who's going to fall into the plan, I was convinced, actually, that the Clippers were going to, as a matter, we're going to fall into the plane after all. After all, all, the whole season and all of us, all the time of you and myself and all the Clipper Nation talking about can't go into the plane, can't get into the plane. They beat the Lakers earlier in the week. Phew, we've avoided the plane. Then they play terribly, like you said on Saturday against the Blazers in the first half. They play arguably worse against the Suns. And both of these are the G League squads. It was inc- it was inc- it was insane and. Meanwhile, the Pelicans are whooping up on the T-Wolves to begin. I actually I stopped scoreboard watching after a while because I kind of, in my mind, just figured the Pels were going to win that game. Mm-hmm. The Warriors, obviously, um, I think you tweeted something along the lines of they were showing the Clippers what it's like, what it should look like to beat a Portland Trailblazers team that is trotting out pretty much absolutely nobody that anybody has ever heard of. Yeah. Now, those of us that play fantasy, of course, have heard of several of these guys, but they should not the clippers should not have put themselves in the position saturday or sunday that they were in to have us biting our nails all the way down to the bone sweating it out it was crazy it, there was like you said there was no sense of urgency there was no care this is like the this is the clippers of a couple of weeks ago when we were saying where is where is the care where is the attention to detail where is the sense of urgency on the court and it was not there in the first half on Saturday, it was certainly not there in the half uh, today on Sunday. Even though they did win the second quarter by four points, but it was it was meek. And even the third quarter, it was it was right there, and it wasn't until the very end when I feel like Ty Lue did call a couple of plays for Kawhi that maybe he was saving, or maybe he thought that that the Clippers could win otherwise. Because then when Kawhi started going down low and you know started taking over. That's when we were really could really able to put away the game, but it looked terrible for the most part of the game. I mean, people were getting cooked on defense. Yeah, there was there was no chemistry. There was no symmetry. I, I, Bones and uh, Plumley today are fighting on the sidelines, a la Gobert and Kyle Anderson. I mean, it was a mess, and it was. You talk about limping in into the playoffs, not just because of Paul George's knee, but because of these last two games. This is not the way you want to go and face a team that is you know, pretty much universally feared like the Suns. And once again, apologies that we are going straight to the negatives. I mean, the Clippers get the five seed. They win two games in a row. Oh, yes. but but we got to be realistic. I, I hate to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, I, I just I, I hate to interrupt. Yes, it, it is. It is wonderful that we avoid the plane. We're talking about that all the mission accomplished in that regard. Avoid the plane. Great, great to pull out the victories. You know when you needed to against the G League squads. Uh, my apologies to the players of the Suns and the Blazers yesterday. So yes, the yeah. Clippers did well to make it into the fifth seed. But yes. now that we are in the fifth seed, there are some glaring uh, negatives that like that stood out to me far brighter than 
than the ultimate goal of making it to the five seed, which we are now in. Right. And that's where I was going is that, um, again, like we, we've been obviously talking all season. And I even said last podcast that there have been so many times this year where the Clippers have won games and we've come on here and we've been talking about the negatives. And it really feels like it's just been that type of season that it's been uninspiring. There's no motivation to actually win games. There's just not the energy that you want to see. And we saw it. Unfortunately, sure, the Clippers got two wins, but they got two wins against two teams that were not playing their starters. They were a 17-point favorite yesterday against Portland, and they were not playing like it in the first half. And then today, they were like a 10-point favorite against Phoenix, who was playing their backups, and they, again, were not playing like it at all until the third quarter. Good third quarters, no doubt about that, and that's something that you like to see is that the team clearly has this on-off switch, which you prefer could just stay on on and not be an off for the first half. But you do that in the playoffs and you're screwed. I mean, you do that against Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Hayden, and Kevin Durant, and you're not coming back. It's that simple, especially when you don't have Paul George. There's only so much offensive ammo that you have. But the Clippers have shown us in the last two days that the defense is certainly a problem. And we have talked about the three-point shooting. And I said that when I was listening to Noah Eagle, I think one of the smartest things that he has said recently when it comes to the Clippers is that they really go the way their three-point shooting goes. And they have become that team of a couple of years ago where they're starting to make their threes. But that was not the case on Saturday. I believe they were two for 10 at one point from distance. They ended up shooting, I believe, over 40% from three. And then again today, they were like three of 15 from three at one point. And they didn't end up making a ton going forward, but they just got good shots. And Phoenix ended up being the Phoenix team that was a 10-point underdog to the Clippers. Like, they just looked like it. And the Clippers made shots. Eric Gordon uh, made a couple. I mean, Norm Powell was unbelievable in the game today. And Kawhi and Westbrook were great. And so the Clippers ended up getting something from the guys that you would hope that they would get it from. But there's something that comes to mind, and that is that the team just doesn't look good going into the playoffs. And here's the thing. The Clippers could have easily gone and lost today and not played for the five seed. But here's the way I look at it, and I think you agree, is that I would rather be the five seed and play against Phoenix and understand that you have a very tough route to get to the NBA Finals. you got to face Phoenix, then you got to go ahead and face Denver after that. I'd rather have that than be put as the seven seed, risk having to go into the play-in tournament, where we saw last year anything can happen. You can have a star player get COVID the day of the game that is a win or go home. Like, that stuff happens. So it would have been against the Lakers. Who's to say that you beat the Lakers? I mean, understand the Clippers have destroyed the uh, – the Lakers have been destroyed by the Clippers recently. But – and they won 11 in a row, I believe it is now. But who's to say that LeBron doesn't get hot, Anthony Davis doesn't get hot, and all of a sudden you lose – and then you got to go ahead and play either Minnesota um, or I believe it's going to be either Pelicans um, or the Thunder in the next game. Like, who's to say that that doesn't happen? And all of a sudden, you're looking at a situation where you could possibly lose to the Lakers and then lose to SGA, and then you don't even make the playoffs. Like, the play-in tournament, you're not making the playoffs. That doesn't count. Until you actually play on the weekend, it doesn't count. So I would rather be in the playoffs have a chance, hope that Tyron Lue has an amazing series, hope that the Clippers 
maybe run into a team that hasn't quite figured it out. And listen, you never know if someone gets hurt on the Phoenix side as well because they've had guys who continue to go down. I'd rather have that situation than not even get into the playoffs because you face a Lakers team that you lose to, and then you face either the Pelicans or the Thunder and you lose to them. Like I, I You'd rather have the situation where you're actually in as opposed to having to earn your way in, right? A million times out of a million. I mean, look, you people can say we want to go to the play-in so we can dictate who we play. Uh, we can get uh, Memphis at the seven. Maybe that's easier than Phoenix at the four or five. Well, guess what? Dictating your position, we barely won Saturday and Sunday just said against the against the lesser squads with the blazers and the suns so there is no guarantee there is no we can snap our fingers and determine who we want to play you getting into the playoffs proper is paramount and the clippers did that and that is great news because like you said anything can happen in the plane somebody could go down somebody could get sick you know you just you just never know an off night and you know to your point today the clippers actually shot five of 23 from downtown so that could happen in a play-in game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're screwed. And then you're out of the playoffs or, you know, you're one more game and you're out. Whatever the case may be, you don't want that kind of elimination. Hey, and guess Being what? In the playoffs. Guess what? what? Guess what? Kawhi now has a week off. I mean, it, it's, yes, it really right? is Precisely. that simple. It, it's that simple. I mean, would you rather have Kawhi have to play on Tuesday, play 40 minutes against the Lakers, possibly lose that game, and then have to go and play again on Thursday – and possibly lose or possibly win that game, but have Kawhi play 40 again and then have to play Sunday? Or would you rather have Kawhi have a week off, have to face a tougher opponent, but know that you've got a well-rested star? Uh, Frankly, I'll take the well-rested star than having to get an easier matchup. I'd just much rather have Kawhi with that rest. And and the prevailing thought is, I agree with you, and the prevailing thought is this is the hardest side of the bracket. Phoenix, should you win that, you got to go face Denver. Denver, but for the Clippers, if you want to look at it from another perspective, and I, I, I don't really, I don't usually like the revenge tours, but we could have a little revenge tour path coming with the Suns, who mm-hmm. knocked us off in the conference finals a few years back, before the Clippers could have made it to the finals. Should Kawhi not have gotten hurt? And then Denver, we all know what happened with Denver in the bubble. We all know the collapses, and that Denver certainly people think that Denver has the Clippers number at this point. So. If you're going to exercise some demons, if you're going to slay your beast, well, this is the path to do it for the Clippers. So got a week to get hyped about that. And that's the angle I'm going to be looking at it on from the optimistic view. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, let's let's not forget that if Kawhi Leonard doesn't get hurt, then all of a sudden the Clippers have Paul George and Kawhi ready to face Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals. If you go ahead and you beat Phoenix then you're in the NBA Finals. And so Phoenix is the reason why the Clippers didn't get there. And I actually was at the one game that the Clippers won in that series. And it was great. It was a lot of fun to be at. They won at home, and they showed they can win against that Suns team. Now, this is a very different team because it's got Kevin Durant, but there haven't been a ton of reps. And so I'll be curious to see what the Clippers do in that matchup. And obviously, we're a week out. Um, we're going to have Shane Young is what it looks like we're going to have on the podcast on Tuesday is the tentative schedule. So Shane watches a ton of the Suns, obviously watches a ton of the Clippers. So he'll be able to break this one down um, even better than Matt and I. And we'll have him on the podcast to chat about the series and preview it. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about what we saw this weekend, Matt, and curious to get your thoughts on the bench because you look at the game today. And the Clippers, again, the starters were not good. 
the bench comes in and Norm Powell gets 29 points in 32 minutes. He was 12 of 22 from the field. Bones Highland was 5 of 11. He provided that much needed juice and he certainly has looked good the last couple of games. When the Clippers have needed energy, he has certainly given it to the Clippers. Terrence Mann hasn't had a great couple of games uh, recently, but I'm looking forward to see what he does in the postseason. Curious your thoughts on the bench because I mentioned the numbers from the Suns game, and then, of course, in the Blazers game, you had another Norm uh, masterpiece where he was 7 of 14, 9 of 11 from the free throw line, and frankly, it was because of the free throws. The Clippers got back in that game and won. He had 23 points in 27 minutes, and Bones Highland was 3 of 11 in that game, but he had a couple of crucial buckets. Curious your thoughts on the bench and the play that they gave the Clippers over the weekend. Norm has been, um, excuse me, Norm has been at the height of his powers since he's come back. Getting to the line, like you said, efficiency, attacking, 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 and has been crucial, crucial to the fortunes of the Clippers and going into that fifth spot and not going into the plane. Without Norm, Clippers probably do fall into that plane, to be perfectly honest with you. They don't they don't win these last stretch of games without him doing what he's doing, get, like getting to the line and just and just being so dynamic out there. Plumley has uh, Plumley has been Plumleying it. You know, today he had today he had some energy, and I thought he actually helped the Clippers climb back into that game at certain points. He played 22 minutes to Zoo's 25, so a bit more for Plumley out there. But Baisley was cooking him on defense. Uh, other members of the uh, Suns uh, escapes me, but I, I just know by watching it, he was not a defensive stalwart out there. So I still have my reservations about Plumley. I still want him in that mid-teens role with Zoo, you know, foul trouble uh, permitting, staying in there quite a bit more, especially versus the likes of DeAndre Ayton. So I think, so I think Plumley scaled down his role like we usually like it, and I'm okay with it. I just, I, I don't see it on the defensive end from him. He does get out there and run, uh, so the pace is pretty good off the bench. And then Bones, you know, as much as we... As much as we like, as much as we keep saying, you know, don't don't fall into this, don't fall in love with Bones. His role's going to be diminished. His role's going to be diminished. He only played 18 minutes tonight, so that's maybe where we're going to be seeing him moving forward. And when he comes in, though, it does seem like he has the trust of Ty Lue and the coaching staff. So he probably will solidify that role. You know, save Paul George coming back. But with the players who are healthy now, I think I, I don't think anything's really changed from him. And T-Man, from, from a perspective of what you and I have been saying, which is T-Man's role, even though, like you said, he's, he's had some poor games, I see T-Man's role getting ratcheted up a bit when the when the uh, series with the Suns begins. And Bones staying about probably, unless he gets super hot, probably what it is tonight. An 18-minute role, maybe a little less, maybe a shade more, but probably 18 to a little bit less. You know, and he's a heat check guy. He can sort of keep things keep things going while the starters are resting but that's really the keys of the bench covington you know hasn't really done much and you can't blame him he's been he's been a dnp cd for so many games now so who knows if he's going to be in, uh, impact the playoffs at all i don't really see it at this point yeah i don't think so so when so the bench is going to is going to shut down or uh, tighten up norm going to be crucial t man going to be crucial Bones in a limited role is going to be crucial, and Plumley in a hopefully limited role is going to be crucial. And I see that being the bench unit currently. Like I said, save Paul George coming back, and it's going to be necessary because E.G. 
and our guy Batum have been a bit lackluster, uh, to say the least. Um, as a matter of fact, I have Batum's numbers since Paul George went down, and they are uninspiring, to say the least. Now, of course, like we always say, it's the stuff that doesn't show up on the box score most of the time that makes Batum so important, but you got to do something on the box score one of, one of these games you know, to make an impact, especially in the playoffs. So we'll see an EG, too. Just kind of not doing all that much recently. It'll be interesting to see how short of a leash Gordon has. Uh, I think Batum has a much longer leash just because of what he does otherwise. But with EG and Norm being so hot, it'll the rotations actually will be quite interesting to watch. What are those Batum numbers? You, you brought them up. You teased us. Do you? What are those Batum numbers since PG went down? So let me see here. Batum in the last. So it's the last nine games. So the, so uh, Paul George went out on March twenty first. So that's March twenty third to today. Uh, so he's averaging just a shade under eight points, so seven point seven points, a little under three rebounds, two point eight, a little uh, just over two assists, two point one, a steal, point three blocks, not turning the ball over, so that's that's great. Uh, shooting forty six percent from the field, or forty seven really. So he's been efficient from there, forty seven from the from three as well. So not he hasn't missed a free throw, but he's only taking less than one attempt per game. But does that include the seven for seven? I think it was that he had. I mean, because that if you take away that, he, his shooting has not been right. great from three. And the seven right, that that includes that includes the perfect game, uh, the perfect game, and it the points seven point seven also includes that twenty four point explosion too. Yeah. So, you know, he's he, he started off pretty hot. It was just, let's just talk about points: 12, 13, 24, then four, zero, two, five, nine, zero today. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, that's under ten points in like the last five games. So you're hoping that he's able to turn it on come postseason because he's going to be critical. Um, we can't see a goose egg from him come playoff time because you know that Zoo's going to give you his what ten to fourteen points, um, and then you're going to have what Kawhi gives you. And you're, you're going to rely on Eric Gordon and Norm Powell to provide something for you. And who knows what you'll get from Westbrook. But you're going to need Batum to chip in as well. You can't have that goose egg in that starting lineup. And he's going to get those numbers. And who knows if Marcus Morris comes back, um, if he ends up being in the rotation. I would assume that he's out of the rotation at that at this point. And um, we mentioned Bones Highland. And he certainly does have a role. And we've talked about the last couple of podcasts. And he has looked good the last couple of games. And the one thing that we've noticed is that the Clippers have started off poorly. And we talked about at the start of this podcast that that's the concerning part from the Clippers in the last two games. The starters just looked very lackadaisical out of the gate. And the one thing that Bones Highland has in his locker is that he's got that energy and he gave the Clippers that lift they needed. And he's going to provide a role come playoff time. But here's the thing. If the Clippers need that lift in the postseason, that means that they're not doing it right. I mean, if you can't get up for the postseason then you got no shot to go far. I mean, it's that simple. You need to come out strong with a very intense attitude and be ready to fight and have that energy from the opening tip. Because if you don't, you're going to lose. And you can't rely on somebody to give, be a spark plug off the bench because that's not going to work. I mean, the one thing I could see, I could see the Clippers losing the first two games of the series and the starters doing poorly, and all of a sudden, the, the change that Ty Lue makes is he puts Bones Highland into the starting lineup in place of Russell Westbrook. I could see that possibly happening to give the Clippers the juice they need. And who knows what will happen. Obviously, we need to see the games play out. 
but that is the one thing that you absolutely need to see right from the opening tip is you need to see the energy. I understand Bones Highland has a role to give you energy, but you should have that energy without Bones Highland because Matt, it's the freaking playoffs. Like you, you need to be ready to go. That makes sense, right? Makes sense. They need to come out quite frankly, like they came out against the Lakers on when, on Wednesday when they beat them. I mean, they came out with so much force, so much energy with, with a purpose Where's that consistency? Where is that consistency? I mean, that's the frustrating part is that we see it against the Warriors. We see it against the Lakers. And you then you come into these two games and you don't have it. And and you're falling behind at halftime to to two teams that aren't good. I mean, it's just so maddening. Like, why can't you play the way you played against the Lakers with that intensity and the energy from the opening tip? In every game, I, I understand some games you have a little bit more juice, but you got to have 90% of that 100% in almost all these games. And the Clippers keep showing that they're capable of being at that 50% to start, which frankly is intolerable as a fan. Like you should not be watching a team that doesn't have that readiness at the opening jump. And it's so frustrating, man. And maybe this, you know, we can hope maybe this is where where Russell Westbrook rips off the Clark Kent mm-hmm. outfit and then this is his superpower to charge up the Clippers not that they shouldn't be charged up already for a playoff series against Phoenix but maybe his extra intensity because you know it's not going to be Kawhi it's not going to be Norm it's not going to be some of these guys but maybe maybe Westbrook is the guy in the locker room and practice in the upcoming week, the week that's just going to look I missed out on the playoffs because I was on the stupid Lakers the other year now yeah. I have a chance to win a title with you guys. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's push. Let's get them. So maybe maybe we can count on something like that. Ty Lee's going to get the guys ready. So I, I I do, like you said, a laissez-faire attitude in these last two games. I mean, many, many games before that, great attitude and great strength and and sense of urgency versus the Lakers. So I am just hoping they carry that over into the playoffs because it is the Phoenix Suns. Um, not the underrated, but the underhated, as I've always said. I don't know why people like the Suns so much. I personally don't. But maybe they will be motivated, and I hope, I got to believe they will be motivated to come out with all the energy in the world. They'll probably take a pretty strong punch with that crowd at home, Phoenix, presumably at full strength with all their stars, but it's it's going to take everything in the tank uh, from start to finish, all 48 minutes from from everybody on the floor yeah Bones to Kawhi to Plumlee to everybody yeah in order to do well against this Phoenix team one thing to note is that uh Zoo played 25 minutes today after playing like 23 minutes yesterday and if people listen to the podcast that we last recorded we said we expect to see Zoo closer to about 30 minutes come playoff time so um, I think we'll see, like you said earlier, Plumlee's role will certainly be reduced and we'll see how much the Clippers actually go to small ball, but I wouldn't anticipate a ton of small ball. At least I don't hope. I mean, at least I hope there's not a ton of small ball. We probably see Zoo for about 30 to 32 minutes, Plumlee for about 12 and then maybe about four minutes of small ball or something. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, so Zoo was solid. Obviously we mentioned that. Kawhi was Kawhi. I mean, he was incredible. I think this is the first time ever in the regular season that he posted the numbers that he did um, with 25-plus points, 15-plus rebounds, 6-plus assists in a regular season game. So he was really good. 
in that regard, and he played 36 minutes today, which is certainly encouraging after playing near 30 minutes yesterday. So he seems to be in good shape. We mentioned Batum, and now the Clippers are going to need him. But the one player that we haven't discussed a ton is Westbrook, and he's been really good. Um, you look at today's game, 25 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, 8 of 19 from the field, got to the free throw line a bunch, 7 of 10. He played 40 minutes in this game today, which you normally don't see guys play that many minutes in a game that is the regular season finale. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you looked at the box course today, and it was disgusting. The The amount of guys that were playing um, was not not high. I mean, there's about eight players per team, and I think Peyton Pritchard recorded like a triple-double for Boston. It, it was a weird day, but see Russell Westbrook go out and pl- play 40 minutes. I mean, good for him. And he then the day before that against Portland, he had 20 points, six rebounds, six assists. So just give some credit here. Westbrook shot 9 of 14 um, in that Portland game. He he's really figured out his role with the Clippers. Now the question is, what happens in the postseason? Does he get exposed? I mean, he's going to be left open. There's no doubt about that. Does that mean that he's able to become more of an offensive rebounder? Does he take advantage of that? Is he that guy that gives you that juice in the fast break? Is he that guy that's able to be the facilitator? We'll see what the Clippers do and how long they stick with Westbrook, because when he's on the floor and he's not shooting well, he is a guy that is a net negative usually, and that could mean more Bones Highland, or that could mean more Norm Powell and Eric Gordon together in the backcourt. But uh, I just wanted to give some credit here to Russell Westbrook, um, because you and I were very much against the trade when it happened, and I I still think that the Clippers will probably be in this exact same situation, um, if not better, if they didn't trade for Westbrook, but at the same time, not sure that can be said because the Paul George injury, you have that guy in Westbrook who has been that much-needed scorer that I'm not sure you would have had. So I just wanted to give some credit to uh, Westbrook. I'm sure you uh, you agree. Here, here. All credit where credit is due to Westbrook. He was the only plus starter today in the game against the Suns. Everybody, every, All the other starters were my, negatives on the floor. As far as plus-minus is concerned, it was the bench that was all positive, that bench we mentioned earlier. And he... He will play 40 minutes. It looks like he will play 40 minutes. He'll play 25 minutes, which he did against the Blazers. So he can oscillate in between that. It's going to be so interesting, like you said, and all credit to Westbrook. I mean, God, he's been leaps and bounds better than I ever could have imagined he would be for the the Clippers. A, A lot of that's out of necessity because of Paul George's injury. But... And I'll be interested when you talk to Shane what he thinks about this. The just the cross matchups, the defensive assignments when it comes to the the Phoenix Suns with Westbrook, with Chris Paul over there, with Eric Gordon presumably starting, with Booker, with Batum, and Durant, Kawhi and Durant. Obviously, Zoo and Aiden will be matched up down low, but those those matchups and how how that goes will be uh, very very interesting for me to watch. The the Westbrook. Chris Paul matchup should that be should should they put Westbrook on CP to start the series is going to be going to be interesting. I I, yeah. I couldn't even begin to predict how it's going to go, but so all credit yeah all credit to Westbrook and you know obviously Clippers are going to need his energy, uh, his offensive rebounding like you mentioned I think will be huge in the series coming up. So hope hopefully he can he can just crash the boards and get in the lanes and do all that kind of stuff. But will he will he be with the second unit sometimes and helping to run that? Will will Norm? I, mean, I have to imagine Westbrook will not be closing very many games against the Suns. At least one would hope. But you never know. You never yeah. know how it's going to go. So 
it'll be very interesting to see how he is deployed come playoff time in a week from now. Yeah, and one final thing that I want to throw in on um, what we saw the last couple of days, and then we'll do a quick look ahead to the series against the Suns. Yuri started a little bit of that. Uh, but Eric Gordon can't be as bad as he was the last couple of games. I mean, the Clippers need a lot more from Eric Gordon. I think he was 4 of 15 combined in the two games. Like, you, you need more from him because if, if you have Batum and Gordon shooting poorly, you're screwed, man. I mean, you are really screwed because you need to have that three-point shooting like we discussed, and Zoo's not going to give it to you. You need Gordon and Batum to give that to you. And if they're not, then you're in trouble because Westbrook can't really be that guy and it can't just be Kawhi and Norm. Like you need, you need Eric Gordon, you need Batum to help you out beyond the arc. And so the Clippers are going to need him. And that kind of segues into the series with Phoenix and that the three point shooting is going to be critical in that the Clippers need to be able to get generate open looks against a team that is going to be tough. I mean, Chris Paul is a very good on ball defender still. Kevin Durant is long and he's going to be very tough against Kawhi Leonard. And we've seen this season that when the Clippers only have one of their stars on the floor, it could be very problematic. Paul George, when he's the only star, turned it over a lot and the Clippers could not generate looks for him. Now, if Kevin Durant is getting that help from someone else against Kawhi Leonard, someone's got to knock down shots because Kawhi Leonard cannot do it all by himself against Kevin Durant. Like that's just not possible. And so that's what really worries me about this series is that you don't have that second guy. And because you don't have that second guy, the supporting cast is going to have to be good from three. Like that is going to be something very crucial for me to watch throughout every single game is how the team looks from three point range, because you've got a lot of guys who can shoot and it can't just be all Kawhi. I'm curious to see what stands out for you, Matt, when you look at this series between the Clippers and the Suns. Yeah, I would be shocked if the, if the Suns didn't come out just blitzing Kawhi every single time he got the ball, throwing two at him, and making anybody else on the floor beat them. I mean, it seems that's what that's what I would do. That's what anybody would do if if you if Paul George is not there and it's Kawhi, Zoo who's not a threat from beyond, Westbrook who's not a threat from beyond. So you really only have a couple of couple of shooters Kawhi can kick it over to, and it is going to be so interesting to see who can step up. Because, yeah, Eric Gordon just has not shot the ball well. And I'm curious, I, I like I said a little earlier, I just wonder what kind of leash he has. Like, if he doesn't have it, you know, you know, T. Lou is, is prone to be to make lineup decisions mid-series. Sometimes mid, mid-game even is, will Eric Gordon get pulled or will, will we stick with Eric Gordon and see if he can get his shot on track? Now, hopefully that won't be a problem because I think Eric Gordon's defense – his ability to get into the lane when he's not shooting the three will, will, will be essential. But, yeah, they're going to blitz Kawhi, and it's going to be tough for him to get open. He'll get his because he's Kawhi, but the other guys are really going to step up, really going to have to move, and people are going to have to hit shots. T-Man's probably going to be open in the corner you know, from time to time where he's pretty deadly from. Could we see Robert Covington get in there if, if shots just aren't falling, if the Clippers are 5-23 of like they were tonight against the Suns? Um, I don't know. But it's it's pretty scary that what they can throw at the Clippers defensively in comparison to what the Clippers have currently offensively, which the shooting has been lackluster as of late. But if guys get hot, then of course the whole calculus changes and things will open up. Yeah, that's another reason, by the way. I'd much rather have to do this in a four-game series than have to do it in a two-game sample size in the play-in tournament and then do it in a four in, in 
or rather win it in four games, um, win four games is what I'm trying to say there in a playoff series, then that's six games you got to win. If you count the two in the play-in tournament, if you lose that first one against the Lakers, I'm not sure I have to try and win four games and get hot in four games, then get hot in six. Like it's just, it, it's just the math there and how it plays out. So we'll see. Um, I, I am concerned with what Kevin Durant can do to the Clippers um, Chris Paul versus Russell Westbrook. It's CP3 has had his struggles with injuries, but he's starting to shoot the ball very well of late from three. So that can be a problem. Devin Booker is a stone cold killer. Aiton versus Zoo should be a good matchup. Um, I think Zoo's the better defensive center, but Aiton's the better offensive center. So we'll see how that works out. I, I just think the Clippers have um, the bench guys that could give them a lift, but it, it, they're hit or miss. So we'll see. Uh, I think the Suns are a better team, and I understand that you could look and say, well, why didn't the Clippers just go ahead and lose this and try and, you know, maybe get that sixth seed, which they would have gotten if they would have lost this game and face a worse Sacramento team. And sure, people have been tweeting about that, but I don't know, man. I'd much rather you didn't know what was going on. I'd much rather be in the situation now where perhaps your team just looked good. And who would have thought that Dallas would beat Phoenix the way they did last year? I mean, Nobody could have predicted that because Phoenix was the prohibitive favorite going into that series. But Dallas was able to beat him. You never know what could happen with a team and how they can collapse. And DeAndre Ayton and Monty Williams had their issues last year. So we'll see what happens. But I'm certainly interested for this series. I'm curious to get your take on how you think the series is going to play out. Because I'm not sure if you and I are going to record a pod together before that series kicks off. So curious to see uh, what you think both in the series record and also just anything else that stands out matchup wise. Well, just to go back to CP three, also I'm going to be looking a lot because you mentioned CP and you mentioned Aiton and zoo. One thing Chris Paul loves to do and people like to do to Zubach quite a bit too, but I, I, I foresee a lot of where Chris Paul is going to try to get zoo switched onto him. I mean, a lot, I think it's going to be a steady, steady diet of blitzing quiet. If he has the ball um, on defense and on offense, where they're going to try to, get Zoo up into the perimeter on Chris Paul. I, I just foresee that happening quite a bit, or at least they're going to try to. Something to keep an eye on and see what the Clippers can do to uh, adjust. And Zoo's pretty good out there on little guys on the perimeter, but it's Chris Paul. So he'll lull him to sleep, hit, hit mid-range, or kick it to somebody open, or kick it down low to Aiton, who will be guarded by who knows who. Probably Westbrook at that point. Other than that, for the series... Boy, uh, what does my heart say and what does my head say? My head says it's pro- it, it, I could see it being a six, five to six game series in favor of the Suns. I could really see that happening. If they come out at home, they go strong. The Clippers just don't have anything for them. And then back at Crypto, which by the way, I bought pre-sale tickets. I'll be at the first home game. I'm not sure what day that is yet. Yeah, all we know, all we know right now is that the first game is going to be on Sunday, and it's very possible that'll be a twelve thirty tip on Sunday, but we'll see. But I'll be I'll be reporting back after game one at Crypto.com Arena, so we can look forward to that because I will be there in person. Excellent. But uh, as far as the series goes, so I just hope, you know, of course you hope against hope that Paul George can come back, but if we put that aside, you know, because we no we can't really. That's just maybe ifs. We don't really know. Although Paul George is supposed to be making an announcement tomorrow, so I hear, about his recovery process. So stay tuned for that. But I think the Clippers, if if they if they can be efficient from not only the three-point line, but from the free-throw line, which they, they've struggled at today, 
Um, I'm not sure how they did against the Blazers. They did, they did well on the free throw line against the Blazers. Today they struggled against the Suns. So it's going to really come down to the little things. They just have to execute, execute, execute defensively, offensively. Obviously, those are the two ends of the court. Of the court. And I think they can give the Suns fits. It's going to be very, very, very difficult to win four out of seven against a team with KD, CP3, Booker. But I don't think it's impossible. So my prediction, my, I don't want to give a prediction. I do think it could be the Suns in six, but my heart says the Clippers miraculously in seven. Clippers in seven. I'm I'm going with the heart on this one. Okay. All right. Interesting prediction. We'll see how it plays out. That is Matt Matawarren at Matt Matawarren on Twitter. I am at BD Marcus. Of course, it's the at Ethos Clippers podcast on Twitter. At Ethos Clips is the Twitter handle. If you can rate and review the podcast, always does help as we continue to grow this show as we head into one of our most listened times of the season. It is the postseason. We'll have Shane Young on Tuesday, and you bet we'll have Justin Wilson at some point of LA Clippers film. He'll be on the podcast as well, and we'll have Noah Eagle at some point as well in the next couple of weeks as Noah got himself a jersey yesterday from the Clippers in his final home game as he'll be leaving the Clippers to head off to NBC where he'll be the voice of Big Ten Saturday Night Football, and we'll see him, I'm sure, doing other stuff as well for NBC. So we'll have him on the podcast. So just continue to subscribe, rate, and review as we continue to grow this thing and get great guests. And, of course, Matt Matawarren, the co-host, has been phenomenal throughout the season as we get ready for the postseason. It's one of my favorite times of the year when it's full of heartbreak but also full of incredible moments. I mean, you look back and – that game against the Spurs, the Clippers won game seven. The game against Memphis where Nick Young went nuts. Reggie Evans went nuts. I mean, you get these fun moments during the postseason. So I'm looking forward to it, and we'll see how it all plays out. Matt Matt Warren, thanks, buddy. It's been fun. Oh, it's been absolutely phenomenal. I can't, I'm so excited for the playoffs, just like you said. I'm pumped about you and Shane talking on tuesday i will be listening intently to get his thoughts and yours i'm I'm just having a blast here with you with sports ethos clipper nation can't wait for the playoffs let's hope we get a big run so until next time he's matt and i'm brandon go clips go clips up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for a dollar 49 perfect with our classic fries price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer ba-da-ba-ba-ba